BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank. Be bold. Venture wisely. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. From KQED Public Radio in San Francisco, this is Forum. I'm Leslie McClurg, and today for Alexis Madrigal. The benefit of a brutally wet winter is an insanely beautiful spring. I don't think I've ever seen the hills so green. The rivers are gushing, mushrooms are sprouting. In the next hour, we will talk about where to go to see the best wildflowers, waterfalls, and majestic views. That's next on Forum, right after this news. Welcome to Forum. I'm Leslie McClurg, and today for Alexis Madrigal. All of my neighbors in Oakland have complained this winter about the weather, but I'm originally from Seattle, and so this winter felt a lot like home. I absolutely love the rain. I love walking barefoot in grass and feeling water pool around my toes the whole year. I love that. <laughs> for me, this winter has been soothing after so many crispy drought years. Walking through the woods right now feels like a drippy northwest rainforest. Today, our guides will inspire us to get out in California and enjoy the natural wonders at play. We're joined today by Brad Day. He's the co-founder of the outdoors website Weekend Sherpa. Radhika Thaykut, she is the president of the Santa Clara County, excuse me, the Santa Clara Valley chapter of the California Native Plant Society. Tracy Salcedo, she's the author of multiple outdoor guides, including Hiking Waterfalls, Northern California, a guide to the region's best waterfall hikes. Uh, Radhika, I understand that you just got back yesterday uh, afternoon, evening from the Sierra foothills uh, in Mariposa about an hour east of Yosemite to see some wildflowers. What did you see? What was it like? Oh, it was beautiful. Thank you for having me on the show. We were on the Heights Cove Trail as well as, you know, certain parts of Mariposa around the town itself. And the Heights Cove Trail is a little east of El Portal, the Yosemite entrance. And it was amazingly beautiful. Poppies and gilias were blooming and many, many wildflowers were blooming. I do want to say that the trail itself is more an intermediate level trail. It runs along the south fork of the Merced River, so perhaps not appropriate for very young children. But if you people get a chance to get out there and to see this display, I would highly encourage people to do that. 
Beautiful. Brad, is there a place that you've been recently that has taken your breath away because of all the, the greenery and the, the beauty of the spring? Yeah. <clears throat> I was on the Sonoma Coast a couple of weekends ago, actually last weekend, and um, it is just absolutely stunning out there. I mean, we had, as you mentioned, we had a pretty rough winter, and it, it kind of roughed up a lot of the open spaces around the Bay Area, especially with some of that snowfall that happened in, in February. Um, so some of the trails out there right now have some fallen trees, and um, the conditions can be a little bit challenging, but it's it's coming into its own, especially this week with some nice warmer weather. Um, the Sonoma Coast area that I was at was uh, along the uh, Cordum Trail, um, which is near uh, Goat Rock and, and Jenner, and there's a nice kind of bluffside um, walk that you can do that's really quite quite stunning, and we're really spoiled with a lot of great um, coastal walks in the Bay Area, not just in the North Bay, but also in the South Bay and um, along Land's End, even in San Francisco, there's just so many great spots to see some wildflowers. And um, if you can kind of get out there um, and, you know, have a little bit of patience with some of the trail conditions because of this rough winter, um, you're, I think you're really going to enjoy it. Given the rough winter, Brad, and the fact that there is going to be some, you know, downed trees and probably even some washed out areas, do you have any recommendations for folks to get the right kind of information before they head out? Or, you know, is there any special gear you'd recommend bringing? Yeah, I mean, it, definitely if you have a plan to visit a specific park, whether it's a state park, national park, or regional park, you want to check out the website ahead of time um, just to make sure that the trails are open or does it require a reservation. For example, down in the South Bay, Uvis Canyon Park is a great place to go for waterfalls, but they do require a, a reservation uh, for parking there. So you just kind of want to do a little bit of due diligence. Always wear good hiking boots. Maybe bring a change of shoes for after you're done with the hike and getting back into your car. Um, and always bring plenty of water. Tracy, uh, you're kind of our, our waterfall guide during this hour. I recently headed out to Fairfax and Marin and hiked in the Cascade Canyon Park uh, to see the falls there. And I, I don't think I've ever seen it that that full. It was it kind of blew my mind and my four-year-old daughters. I, is there a waterfall that you've seen lately that, that you would recommend going out to see? Well, it's funny you should mention Fairfax because I grew up there and the Cascade Canyon was where I... I you know, hung out for a long time. And that's a fun little waterfall. Um, the ones that I've been seeing most recently, because I'm based here in, in Sonoma, um, I've been going to Sugarloaf, uh, Sugarloaf Ridge State Park, which is outside of Kenwood. And there's a waterfall there that is mm, just supercharged right now because of all the rains that we've got. And the trails are really good up there. They're pretty solid at this point in time. They'll dry out a little bit more over the coming week. Um, so you can expect quite a bit of uh, boot sucking mud. But when that all when that all clears up, it's going to be great up there. And I think that fall will be spilling strongly for a while because of all the water. And is that hike you just mentioned that area, you know, good for all levels of, of walkers? Uh, absolutely. There's a lot you can do in Sugarloaf Ridge. Um, there are creek sidewalks that are even accessible. Um, and then you can also climb to the top of Gunsight Rock, uh, Gunsight Rock or Bald Mountain and get spectacular views up and down the Sonoma Valley. So it's a great uh, park for all abilities. 
Awesome. I've never been there, so I'm excited to head out. Uh, Radhika, what, I mean, we've mentioned, obviously, that the, the wildflowers are, are going to be good this year, um, or I think they are, right, in and around the Bay Area. Are there some highlights or some areas that you would recommend going, uh, you know, both in San Francisco or maybe East Bay, North Bay? Are there some, some places that you want to highlight? Yeah, sure. The Santa Clara Valley chapter of the Native Plant Society, we are really in based in the Santa Clara County and South San Mateo County. So I'll mention some areas there that people can head out to right now. In the peninsula, there's the San Bruno Mountains, there's Edgewood Preserve, there's Pulgas Ridge, for example. And Mid-Peninsula Regional Open Space Authority runs docent-led like hikes to see wildflowers. So, you know, use their resource to, area, to go to areas like Russian Ridge, for example. And then going farther south in the San Jose area, there is the Allen Brock Park, this Almaden Quicksilver Park, and further south in Morgan Hill, there are a couple of areas that are looking really good right now. There's Rancho Cañada del Oro, and Brad mentioned Uvas Canyon. There's also uh, Henry Coe State Park. And over on the Diablo Range, there's the Mount Hamilton you know, hillsides. So there are many areas in the Bay Area, South Bay and the Peninsula I think people can head to. I would just urge that people stay on trails and not step into the meadows because stepping into the meadows can cause tremendous damage to not just the million seed bank that lies in these meadows waiting for the right moment to germinate, but you're also destroying bees, caterpillars, butterflies, and insects that rely on these wildflowers to support our local ecology. So let's preserve this treasure for us and for the future and be responsible when we go to view these wildflower shows and displays. What particular wildflowers are, are you seeing this year in, in the local area uh, that, that are kind of blowing your mind? That are, are any unusual because of all of this rain? I wouldn't say there's anything unusual going on at the moment. In fact, what we are seeing is fewer species are blooming at the same time of year as they were last year. I think that's because we've had a colder winter this year, and we are hoping that more species will actually germinate and bloom in the coming weeks. But it's really hard to know because there are so many factors that affect the germination and the blooming of flowers. So we are seeing poppies. Most people recognize poppies and you may not know, but we have 13 species of poppies in California. You said 13? 13 species of poppies. We are seeing lupins. We are seeing gold fields. We just saw large, large areas of white meadow foam on our drive back from Mariposa. It was just spectacular. We are seeing lupins. We are seeing uh, fiddlenecks. So there are you know, many species that are blooming out there right now, but I would say Perhaps compared to last year, we are seeing about maybe 50% of the species that are blooming at the same time of year as last year. When we had a drier and warmer winter than this year, we've had a wetter and colder winter. And what does that mean for the, the super bloom possibilities this year? You know, I think there's huge variation across California. We are seeing some spectacular blooms in certain areas, but I'm not sure this is going to be a super bloom year all over California, simply because we've just had a colder winter, and the blooms may be spreading out a little bit or delayed a little bit and not all coming together. So, you know, so it's, it's you know, you have to pick and choose your areas and go visit and see what's blooming right now is actually 
pretty good. So, you know, and super bloom is not a scientifically defined term as well. So, you know, it's we just have something some... <laughs> we in the media like to like to point to. It makes for good headlines. <laughs> exactly. Yes. And, and, and we want people to get out there and enjoy these blooms. We want you to understand that this is one of California's treasures to the to the world, to the globe, actually. Right. So we are one of the very few regions globally that has this kind of a spectacular show. But we want to do it responsibly by staying on the trails and preserving this for our grandchildren. 50 years from now, if you can take your grandkids there and say, look, here's a picture of, you know, your grandma, grandpa 50 years ago. And look, the bloom today looks even more spectacular. You know, that's something to be proud of. And will we be seeing wildflowers later into the season because it's been wet? I mean, I know I'm like, you know, I hit May and I thought oh, in California, you know, I've probably missed the season. But will we see them later into the year this year? Sure. We might see something later this year. And as I said, it's, you know, from a perspective of science, it's really hard to know exactly what will exactly happen. But there are some flowers that do bloom a little later. For instance, there are clarkias and there are some lupins that will bloom later. There are California fuchsias and you know, buckwheats that bloom later in the summer, for instance. So there are other blooms that happen. They may not happen together and look like a super bloom, but for people interested in flowers, you can get out there all through spring and summer and see plants. Monkey flowers, you know, you've seen the yellow flowers on the hillsides, especially heading on 101 south out of San Jose. They bloom a little bit later, you know, maybe a month or two later. So, you know, there's things, there's stuff to see. And I would urge everyone to, after you look at this huge, spectacular bloom, drop down and look at an individual flower, because an individual flower is just as spectacular as the, you know, as the big bloom. And upload, upload it to take a photo, find the name, and upload it to the iNaturalist site, because th this gives scientists enough data to analyze later to understand what was blooming where and when to understand some climate changes. Beautiful advice there. We're talking about what the wonders of rainfall have brought to the Bay Area. Waterfalls, wildflowers, and meadows teeming with natural life. It's a great time to get out and see it all. And here to guide you, we have been joined, or we are joined by Brad Day. He's the co-founder of the outdoors website, Weekend Sherpa, Radhika Takat. She's the president of the Santa Clara Valley chapter of the California Native Plant Society. And Tracy Salcedo is the author of multiple outdoor, outdoor guides, including Hiking Waterfalls, Northern California. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall -wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall -wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall -wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. 
Welcome back to Forum. I'm Leslie McClurg. I'm in today for Alexis Madrigal. And we're talking about spring. All that rain has brought waterfalls and wildflowers and meadows with carpets of wildflowers. It's a great time to get out and to see it. And here to guide you, we're joined by Brad Day. He's the co-founder of the outdoors website Weekend Sherpa, Radhika Thekat. She's the president of the Santa Clara Valley Chapter of the California Native Plant Society. Tracy Salcedo is the author of multiple outdoor guides, including hiking waterfalls northern california and jr blair is joining us now he's an amateur mycologist and retired lecturer in biology at san francisco state university he's going to tell us all about mushrooms and where to forage the ones that are delicious and not dangerous and we want to hear from you let's bring audience the our callers into the conversation how have you seen nature change after all the recent storms in California? Where are you seeing wildflowers? What advice do you want from our guests? Give us a call now at 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. Or you can email your comments and questions to forum at kqed.org. Or find us on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. We're at KQED Forum. Let's go to you, JR. What what do you recommend right now? What what mushrooms are blooming and where where would are blooming growing? What's the right word there? I'm not sure. Uh, growing uh, that you would recommend going and foraging. So um, it's interesting that um, that we had such a wet year. It kind of has, has extended the mushroom season. Normally, this time of year, it would be at the end of the season, we wouldn't see um, much in the way of fruiting. Um, and um, But this year, it, it seems to have extended a bit. Now, um, as Brent, Brad mentioned uh, about doing due diligence, you want to do, you want to be careful about where you go to collect mushrooms for, for the table, if that's your intention, or even just picking mushrooms, because uh, there are various regulations about um, that uh, throughout the Bay Area in the, the various uh, parks. And and um, so you have to be careful about that and make sure that you check ahead of time if that's your intention. A couple of places that um, would be great to go to, to to look at mushrooms and perhaps to collect for the table would be Point Reyes uh, National Seashore. Uh, and Salt Point uh, uh, State Park. Uh, both of those allow mushroom collecting uh, limited amounts. And again, you want to check for that. And what varieties are out there that are that are safe to eat that have had a pretty good bounty this year? Uh, a lot of people are finding, uh, uh, well, chanterelles are a big one, uh, but that's a little past, due, uh, past the, the prime. Those were fruiting much earlier in the season. So now people should be looking for uh, yellowfoots and um, black trumpets. Um, those are both really good edibles that uh, can be found uh, fruiting in some numbers now. Like I say, it's getting toward the end of the season, but it's extended a bit. And what about for those folks who maybe haven't foraged before, uh, what advice mm. do you have to get out there to make sure that you don't eat any, anything dangerous like <laughs> death caps or something like that? Yeah, there's, there's no uh, um, uh, easy way to do that. Uh, there's no uh, silver bullet that, you know, basically uh, uh, 
you know, if it's white, you can, you can eat it. If it's blue, don't eat it. You know, that sort of thing doesn't work. So you have to really, um, do your homework. Um, and the best way to do that is to, um, go on, uh, uh, trips with the local mycological societies that are in the Bay area, uh, uh, and learn from the, uh, the people who know what they're doing. Um, there's, uh, basically what you need to do in essence is to not only learn the characteristics of the edible species, but learn the characteristics of the poisonous lookalikes. Um, so if you do that, then you're, then you're in good shape, but there's no, no, uh, shortcuts. Uh, don't go out there and, uh, be trying these things. <laughs> good That'd advice. Your, yeah. It's, it's, it's a danger. Yeah, it's a, it's a dangerous thing for real. Uh, well, let's bring in a caller. Uh, Lewis from San Francisco, you're on the air. Good. Good. Good morning. Good. Hey, just wanted to point out that uh, Anderson Valley uh, is an incredible resource for wildflowers. And it is. My wife and I have a little place in the mountains up above Boonville. And Anderson Valley and Boonville is completely inundated right now with all kinds of wildlife and the rivers and creeks and everything is running. It's just, it's just unbelievably beautiful most of the time, but right now it's just, it's, it's incredible. Well, thank you so much for that, that tidbit of information. I hope you have inspired other callers to, to provide us their sort of secrets of where things are, are popping. Uh, Nancy tweets, please ask people to be specific about places that are blooming right now. So she just got one. And she also says also about where we can find information online, like the names of flowers. They're listing them too fast to write them down. So Radhika, where can folks go uh, to find out more information online, like the names of flowers? Right. So there are several resources. One of the easiest ones for most people to use is the iNaturalist app and website. So if you download the app on your phone, you can take a photo of a flower and you can upload it to the web, you know, to the iNatur through the app, through the iNaturalist site. And there are experts who will ID the flower for you. And they have a version of that called the CCAP. And the CCAP actually done, does it you know, in, in the moment, and it's mostly right. So it's a, it's a great resource to have on your phone, and it can do it when you are offline as well, which means if you're out in the wilds and you don't have cell phone connection, the CCAP can actually mostly tell you the name of the plant. So this is a great way for most people to figure out what the flower name is. And then from there, you can, you know, get more information from other websites. The California Native Plant Society has... Um, a resource called Calscape, C-A-L-S-C-A-P-E dot org. This is a compilation of, you know, most of the native plants in the state. And we are one of the most diverse um, flora and fauna in all of the United States. We have about 6,500 species of plants in the state. We have 1,600 native bees. We have about 1,300 butterflies and moths. So, we are a biodiversity hotspot, and we have resources for people to use to find these things. And iNaturalist will also ID not just flowers, but also frogs and lizards and salamanders and bees and other things. So it's a great resource. Well, thank you for that. Madeline tweets, 
Uh, she did a lovely bike ride west of Patterson, which is east of San Jose, this past Saturday. She said it's so green, so many flowers. Do any of your guests know anything about the rock formation on the south side of Del Puerto Canyon Road, a few miles west of Patterson? I'll start with you, Brad. Is there any, any chance you know anything about that rock formation? I don't know that specific formation, but I do know an area nearby that is really, really good for wildflowers. It's called Sonol Regional Park. It's part of the East Bay Regional Park system. Um, it's one of my favorites, actually, because uh, it does. it's not really surrounded by like neighborhoods. It really feels like you're driving down a, a country lane for several miles, and then all of a sudden you're in this beautiful um, open space that could be a stand-in for the Sierra Nevada foothills. And they have tremendous wildflowers in, uh, in the springtime. They actually have guided wildflower walks over the next um, few weekends that you can sign up for for free at their visitor center. So you can go with a naturalist and they can tell you a little bit more about some of the wildflowers that you're, you're seeing there. Um, you can do a do-it-yourself hike there, going to uh, Little Yosemite, they call it, which is really this um, kind of waterfall display with these huge car-sized boulders that have kind of clogged up this creek. And uh, it's just a great place to hang out and, and learn a little bit more about uh, the natural wonders of the wildflowers that we have here in the East Bay and in the Bay Area. Any uh, recommendations? Is that pretty accessible for all different levels, that area? Yeah, yeah. No, that that area is um, accessible for a, a lot of different levels. And also another good resource if you want kind of like where are some really good wildflower hikes right now in the South Bay and in the peninsula, um, our friends at the Peninsula Open Space Trust post, they have a wildflower guide um, that you can get on their website. And it has like the top 10 wildflower hikes that you can do in the peninsula and the South Bay. And if you're in the South Bay, San Jose area, uh, Calero uh, Park, uh, Coyote Valley Park are, are really great. And even up into the Santa Cruz Mountains, that Russian Ridge area, there's those those high ridge areas that get a lot of sun exposure. Um, those over the next few weeks are just going to be really, really tremendous. And Radhika mentioned that we have some um, guided hikes that the Mid-Peninsula um, open space leads, um, and that includes some of those um, high-up parks off of Skyline Boulevard that are just going to be really popping with wildflowers this spring. Beautiful. We're talking about where and how you can see the bounties of spring, including waterfalls and wildflowers and mushrooms. Uh, we want to hear from you. We want to hear from callers. Where have you been this spring, that place which has bloomed or, or meadows or waterfalls that have really kind of blown your mind? Give us a call now at 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. Maybe you have questions or you want advice from our experts. You can email your comments or your questions to forum at kqed.org or you can find us on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram we're at kqed forum and, and I want to ask you um, Tracy about waterfalls because we have a, a listener writing in here saying asking what can we expect will happen during the summer will the waterfalls dry up as they usually do or will it remain green and will those wildflowers will they be a fire hazard do you know Tracy well, um, most of the waterfalls here in the Bay Area are what are called ephemeral. So an ephemeral waterfall does dry out as the season extends. Our, our waterfalls are not fed by snowmelt like they are in the Sierra. So we can expect these waterfalls to diminish through time. 
I would expect that they would stay pretty robust though for the bulk of the summer, just because we do have so much water. And there are a few waterfalls that have um, sources that, um, you know, spring fed sources so that you have water during during seasons when you ordinarily wouldn't. Um, so I would recommend actually right now is the perfect time to get out and see waterfalls. What I've been hearing about wildflowers and and it's not just the wildflowers right it's all the grasses it's all of the um the blooming things that are just so happy with all this rain it is going to be thick out there in terms of just brush um and so wildfire danger could be what i'm hearing is it could be a little higher as we get into the fall and um you know that's just something to keep in mind we can protect our homes of course but the wild areas that we explore, they are fire adapted. And um, I know at least here in Sonoma after the Nuns fire, we did have a super bloom after, you know, following the winter after that fire because um, wildflowers that hadn't bloomed in a long time and were activated by that kind of, um, you know, we would call it a disaster, but it really wasn't. Um, it was gorgeous, right? They were just beautiful. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a, a changing season. It's going to be an experience to go through all of these different seasons. That was not the news I wanted to hear. I, I thought we were going to clear this year after all this rain. So, I, But I have heard that, that, yeah, on these years when it's super wet, it's kind of counterintuitive that we might have big wildfire years because of all of the growth in the forests. Let's go to uh, another caller, Gwen in Pacifica. You're on the air. Gwen? Hi, good morning. Um, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to our local Pacifica trails um, up on Maury Point. Uh, the flowers are just starting to come out and it's a beautiful range of, you know, lupin, poppies. I mean, everything. The um, Park Service has done a great job of replanting a lot of the hillsides there and it's great access for families. Um, it's not a challenging hike and everybody can see stuff right from the trails. And it's a great place to go. Beautiful. Thanks so much for that tidbit or that bit of advice, Gwen. We appreciate that. Uh, we have several comments, I think, or questions for you, Radhika, about the Seek app. Uh, one listener writes, the Seek app is wonderful, so easy. Can you spell Seek, S-E-E-K, for people listening? Is it, actually, I should ask you, is it S-E-E-K for people listening? Yes, it is. Yes. Awesome. And easy to find, just have folks Google Seek app and they'll find it there. That's right. Awesome. Thank you. Tina writes, I heard Russian Ridge Preserve mentioned as a place to view wildflowers, but I was just there this past week and the wildflowers are not blooming yet. It's beautiful hike with great wide green hills and views, but no flowers yet. Any sense of when that might pop, Radhika? So we are seeing a little delay, as I mentioned, because of the colder winter. And we are hoping that we will have more flowers up on the ridges along um you know, the sky, skyline, you know, trail there in, in a week or two. But it's hard to predict exactly because some of the one thing that could happen is some of the seeds really need some colder weather to germinate. And if the coincidence of the rain, the colder weather, and then when the weather turns a little warmer, don't quite happen at the right time, then we may not get as big a germination event as, you know, as a super bloom. So which is why I was saying the, the the relationship between how much precipitation we get when there is precipitation and the temperature in the winter 
you know, plays a tremendous role in the super blooms and, you know, and these displays. So it's, that's why, you know, it would be wonderful if people took photographs of the flowers when they see them and uploaded it to iNaturalist so scientists can, over long periods of time, do the analysis and, and, you know, and try to understand how the different winters and the seasons are changing these blooms and how they're affecting these blooms. This is a show where you need a, a piece of paper and pen. I know I, I, I want to go back and listen to this show afterwards <laughs> to take notes. And just to underline what you just said there, Radhika, it's iNaturalist. iNaturalist is what people can Google to, to upload their photos. Uh, Julia asks, any suggestions for what to do with kids with mushrooms? Uh, JR, any, any advice there for how to take your little ones out to learn about mushroom foraging? Yeah, um, one of the really great things you can do with kids is to uh, to do spore prints. Uh, so if you uh, find a mushroom that is, you know, it's someplace where it's okay to pick, like your yard or uh, along a street or something like that, um, and uh, take that home, you cut the the stem off of the mushroom, and then you lay that mushroom flat on a piece of paper. Uh, and the spores will drop out of the gills um, and, uh, and leave a really beautiful pattern, uh, sort of a radiating wheel-like pattern um, of spore drop. And uh, you can use different color paper for different color uh, uh, spores. So spores can be anything from white to black and so several brown and rusty brown uh um, colors and uh, so by using different color paper you can get some nice patterns now I'm keep in do mind that, that one with my four-year-old that sounds great we're going to about yeah, to go into really a break fun. so we'll come we'll come oh. right back to your advice but uh, we're talking about where and how you can see waterfalls and wildflowers and mushrooms that have sprouted up thanks to all of our, our rain and kind of our brutal winter I'm glad it's now spring and we can finally get out there and enjoy it. We're joined by an excellent group of experts. Uh, Tracy Salcedo is the author of Multiple Outdoor Guides. J.R. Blair is an amateur mycologist and a retired lecturer in biology at San Francisco State University. And Brad Day is the co-founder of the outdoors website Weekend Sherpa. And Radhika Thaycut is the president of the Santa Clara Valley chapter of the California Native Plant Society. And we want to hear from you. We want to bring more calls into our conversation. Have you seen one of California's super blooms? What was it like? What are your favorite Bay Area waterfalls? What questions do you have about plants or flowers or mushrooms uh, that you want to ask our experts? Or, or maybe are you planning to enjoy the warmer spring weather? Where do you plan on going and why? Give us a call, 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. Or you can email your comments or questions to forum at kqed.org or find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, we're at KQED Forum. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. 
Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Leslie McClurg. I'm in today for Alexis Madrigal, and we're talking about where you can see waterfalls and wildflowers and mushrooms and all of the bounty uh, that's from this winter now that it's finally spring. Uh, We're joined by Tracy Salcedo. She's the author of Multiple Outdoor Guides, J.R. Blair. He's an amateur mycologist and retired lecturer in biology at San Francisco State University. Brad Day, he's the co-founder of the outdoors website Weekend Sherpa. And Radhika Thakut, she's the president of the Santa Clara Valley chapter of the California Native Plant Society. And we want to hear from you. Tell us what beauties or bounties you've seen lately. Give us a call at 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. Or ask advice from our experts about where to go and enjoy this majestic, beautiful time of year. Or you can email your comments and questions to forum at kqed.org. Or find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We're at KQED Forum. A listener writes, in the last notably wet year of 1988, 1998, I lived in Mariposa. We had, quote, farewell to spring, or clarkia, which I believe is a wildflower, still blooming after Halloween. Do you expect to have some blooms after Halloween this year, Radhika? Well, you never know. You know, nature has her tricks. There are flowers... There are flowers that will bloom later into the summer, you know, monkey flowers, buckwheats, some fuchsias are a little, um, you know, later blooming plants. But it is unusual to see Clarkias blooming after Halloween, I must say. We'll see. It's been an unusual year. We'll see if we have any more surprising sights ahead of us. Let's bring another caller into the conversation. Uh, Joanne in Alameda, you're on the air. Joanne? Hi. Yeah, I just wanted to give a shout-out for All Trails app. It's a great app that gives you visibility of all kinds of trails, different different activity levels, and you can bring your dog, any, um, you know, any sort of nuance that you should know about a specific trail. And it also allows you to download locally so you can't get lost. It saved me in a winter storm. So just wanted to give it a shout-out. Beautiful, Joanne. Thanks for that advice. Again, that's all trails. Uh, folks can Google that that app. I, I use it all the time with my with my family. Uh, and then on the dog friendly recommendations, which I guess all trails uh, gives you that information. Uh, Tom asks many of the destinations. Uh, oh, there we go. Sorry, many of the destinations listed on the show so far are off limits to dogs. Can you make a few waterfall and flower destinations that are dog friendly, Tracy? Oh, that's a good question. Um, You know, off the top of my head, I can't. And that's mainly because the waterfalls that I guide people to are all on public lands and are publicly accessible. And a lot of parklands restrict dogs um, to paved areas. And, um, you know, as I'm thinking about it, you would have to go to like regional parks or local open space parks. And again, you know, do your research, do your due diligence, because there are certain um, parks that will allow you to take your dogs in. But honestly, off the top of my head, in the Bay Area, I'm maybe Brad knows of some that are uh, accessible 
with your pet. It's a good you know, toss. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, he wants I, to jump in there. Go for it, Brad. Okay, yeah, yeah go for it. Yeah, no, you, you make a good point. There are a lot of trails that are, aren't dog friendly, and you do have to find those ones that, that are. Um, but luckily, there, there is a good one. Um, Cataract Falls on Mount Tamil Pius is actually not part of the, uh, the state park. It's on the Marin uh, Municipal Water District land, which is dog friendly. If you start um, kind of on the, uh, the northern side, the Bolinas Fairfax side um, by Alpine Dam, um, that's preferably, that's where I like to start that hike because um, that I mean, Cataract Falls is just a really spectacular waterfall, even in non-crazy winter years. And this happens to be a really crazy winter year. And the, the waterfalls there are just really uh, flowing and supercharged right now. And it's um, you follow the Cataract Trail for about a mile up. And uh, it's just a series of different waterfalls. And you kind of slink, slink along the side of a trail looking at the waterfalls and you get up to the Laurel Dell picnic area, but you do have to make sure that you follow uh, the signs for the Marin Municipal Water District land that is uh, dog friendly, dogs on a leash. Um, but once you get into the state park area, it is not allowed to uh, to have a dog. Good advice can, there. Oh, go ahead. I can, oh, I was going to say, I can piggyback on that. Now that you mentioned that, Brad, thank you. Um, there's Carson Falls as well that's on Marin Municipal Water District land. And that's also accessed off the Fairfax Bolinas Road. And um, it's a popular mountain biking area, so you do have to be a little cautious about, um, you know, staying to the right on the trail. But that one, again, will be supercharged right now. Um, so there are a couple there in Marin um, that, you can, that you can check out. And just to clarify there, I, I missed it. Was, did you say Carlson? Carson, C-A-R-S-O-N, Carson Falls. Beautiful. Thank you. Tom writes, it's possible to see beautiful wildflowers on lush green hillsides right here in San Francisco at John McLaren Park. Walk to the Philosopher's Way Trail and you'll see a huge array of flowers, including poppies, lupins, and much more. Those without cars can take the 29 Muni line to get there. Thank you, Tom. And Robert writes, hiking recently in an East Bay Regional Park, we heard loud frogs croaking where I've never heard them before. Were they always there, but only this year, particularly motivated to sing in celebration of all this rain? Do we have anyone that can answer a question about frogs? Does anyone know? Yeah. Brad? I'll, I'll, jump oh, in. I'll jump in really quickly here. So we are hearing the Pacific tree frogs, you know, tree frogs really loudly this year. In Mariposa, we heard them. They were really loud at night, and it's just wonderful. I think it's just the amount of water we have around that's bringing them all out. Beautiful. Well, let's bring another caller into the conversation. Uh, Peter in Marin County. Peter, you're on the air. Hi. Morning. I heard about Pacifica and I heard about East Bay, but I didn't hear anything about North Bay and Marin County where I live. Did I miss something? Did you have a particular, we just actually did one about uh, Marin County, but you're probably talking to our producer. Uh, did you have a question about wildflowers or hiking? What, what are you looking for in Marin? Wildflowers particularly, yes. Awesome. Radhika, do you want to take that one? North Bay? Um, I'm not. I haven't actually done much exploration in the North Bay right now, so I'm not totally familiar with what's blooming at the moment. I think North Bay, perhaps the blooms may be just a little later because it's slightly colder up there than the South Bay. So in a week or two, or maybe Brad has seen something that he can jump in. Yeah, uh, I in uh, in the North Bay in Marin, um, i you know, one of the my favorite places, one of the gems of the national park system is, is Point Reyes National Park. 
Um, and as Radhika mentioned, you know, d- there could be a bit of a delay on some of these wildflowers, but one to keep on your calendar and one to put on your to-do list at Point Reyes is Chimney Rock. Um, and I-, I really, really like Chimney Rock because it kind of has the three W's going for it. It has the wildflowers, has the wildlife, and it has the wowing views. The wowing views that you get from Chimney Rock, um, you get to see Drake Bay, you get to see the Pacific. Um, and from January through May, there's a chance that you can see migrating gray whales as well heading up to Alaska. Um, and from a wildflower perspective, it just will have a bounty of different types of wildflowers through the spring once we get some nice warmer weather going there. So, um, And even down below um, the rocks at Chimney Rock, elephant seals can often be spotted there. So you get that wildlife, you get the wildflowers, and the views up there, I mean, it's just just for the views alone, looking out from Point Reyes is is really quite spectacular. So that's that's a really, really good one. Can you remind us when, when is the best time of the year to see the whales? Um, usually with gray whales, you're, you're talking from January through about May when they're heading up to Alaska. They're kind of sticking a little closer to shore, actually. They do two migrations, um, one in kind of late fall and early winter when they're heading south to, to Mexico, and then again in the spring, Um, when they're heading up to Alaska. But in the spring, they usually have had their babies or their calves, so they're sticking a little bit closer to shore, so your chance of seeing them are a little bit better. So that's a good place to kind of combine all the wonders of spring. Sounds lovely. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, there's also a waterfall there, right? So Alamir Falls is in Point Reyes, um, and it's one of the um, rare waterfalls that tumbles off the bluff right onto the beach. So if you're going to Point Reyes, it's a long hike, um, and, uh, you know, you kind of have to prepare in terms of parking. You're also going to want to get, um, some information from your Rangers about the best way to get there at a, at a certain time of year. But Alamir Falls is a worthy de- uh, destination for waterfall seekers. Since that's just not a, a super easy word to say, can you spell Alamir? A-L-A-M-E-R-E. Perfect. As, as it sounds. Awesome. Uh, let's bring another caller into the conversation. Lori in Fremont. Lori, you're on the air. In vernal pools and looking for the beautiful, adorable little down ninja. Lori, I think we missed the first. Do you mind just starting that over? Because I think we, when we clicked over to you, I think you were, you were, already, you were already talking. So do, do you mind starting your comment or question over there? Oh, well, I was talking about I'm interested in vernal pools. Awesome. Does anyone, can anyone speak to vernal pools? Yeah, so there are some really nice vernal pool areas in the um, east side around, you know, Newark, Fremont. But I wanted to say, since she mentioned, the caller mentioned Dawingia, we did see some Dawingia yesterday. Driving back from Mariposa, we were able to pull off uh, highway 140 onto this road uh, into you know into sort of the farmland area just before Merced and we were able we were really lucky to spot some Dovingia there on the on the pool side so and meadow foam it was just tremendously exciting to spot the Dovingia there but I haven't explored the vernal pool areas in the East Bay area just yet but this would be a great time to start heading out there and looking for the Dovingia. It's going to be hard to sit at my desk for the rest of the day after this conversation. Uh, let's bring John in San Francisco into the conversation. John, you're on the air. 
you for taking my call. I wanted to mention uh, that Cataract Falls also is a great place to see the fetid orchid. Uh, this great little drab orchid grows along the trail there. And also uh, at Carson Falls, at Carson Falls, you can see an endangered frog. I think they're still there. And um, some large salamanders. I've even seen a pygmy rattlesnake at Carson Falls. Wow, beautiful. Thanks for sharing that, John. Uh, let's go to Scott in San Francisco. Scott, you're on the air. Hi there. How you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Really appreciate the forum. Yeah, thank you for calling. My question is for the mycologist uh, there. Um, we do some foraging up in the Shasta area and the Sierras for the King Boletas, the Portinis, and uh, so once in a while we come upon morels. I'm just curious what they're finding now in the lower lands of the Sierras or even up on the coast here in the Bay Area. JR? Yeah, um, so it's way too early right now to, for either morels or the spring uh, bolete. Uh, there are a couple of species of, of uh, bolete, spring kings and the and the queen boletes. Um, this year, it, boy, it looks like it's not going to happen until the summer because the snowpack is so high. Um, and the trick is to kind of follow the the uh, the forums that are out there with regards to where and when these things are fruiting so uh so i i don't have one in particular in mind but um i would expect to see people starting to look for morels in another month or so uh but like i say the snowpack is crazy up there um i'm the i was the director of the sierra nevada field campus for many years and um, we're planning on having our first class, which happens to be the mushroom class, uh, the first week of June. And we may have to uh, actually uh, shovel pathways between the tent platforms and the dining hall and the, and the <laughs> bathhouses this year. There's so much snow up there. Uh, but uh, once the snow starts to melt, then we can start looking for morels uh, and uh, the spring boletes. Brad, that brings me to a question I've been wanting to ask you this entire hour, which is, you know, when do you forecast that the Sierras will be accessible for hiking and backpacking, like the Desolation Wilderness and, and that area, sort of your, your higher alpine, alpine areas, given so much snow this winter? Oh, boy, that's um, that's a really good question. I know there's probably a lot of people, you know, probably wanting to hike the John Muir Trail, one of these long trails or the Pacific Crest Trail, right? And it's just like, I don't know if it's going to be the year for those Pacific Crest Trail folks. Um, but I would wait until, gosh, I think maybe mid-July is when you might be able to, you're going to be post-holing, which is basically um, if you're going out um, kind of earlier in the season to try to do some Sierra uh, hiking, high Sierra hiking, um, post-holing, essentially you're going to have to hike through some some snow um, and, and uh, kind of navigate that. But uh, I think it kind of depends on how this spring and summer turn out with the weather like is it going to be a gradual warm-up or is it going to be getting really hot and there's going to be a lot of snow melt um okay. which could kind of lead to its own challenges especially for people in the central valley who are kind of dealing with a lot of flooding right now already um what is that snow melt going to look like so it's uh it's tbd i think on that but <laughs> certainly not uh in early june uh or mid-june probably for a lot of these trails you're going to have to wait probably deep until july and maybe even august 
I mean, I've heard that I think both Palisades and, and Mammoth plan on staying open uh, through July 4th. And so for, for me as a backcountry skier as well, I'm excited for the spring and summer. But yeah, not so great for, the, for backpacking this year. Uh, we have a recommendation from Kate. She writes, my family is loving the post trail guide we found online. Last week, we went to a waterfall in Coal Creek open space, hiking through grass and wooded terrain. This week, we chose Dawn Falls in Larkspur, a really beautiful creekside hike through mixed red Wood Forest. To see mushrooms, we go to Berkeley Hills, Mount Tam, or McLaren Park in San Francisco. To pick them, we get a permit in Mendocino and go to Jackson Demonstration State Park. Both of those are dog friendly. Tons of dogs on the Dawn Falls Trail. And Elizabeth writes, at Pinnacles last week, we saw a whole field of shooting stars, uh, which is a wildflower, on the Blue Oak Trail. And Lee has a question maybe we can squeeze in before the end of the hour. My African-American grandmother is 90 years old and wheelchair bound. I have two questions. Any wildflower sightings in Golden Gate Park in San Francisco, Radhika? Um, not, within, not within the park areas, but there are places that, you know, she could drive her grandmother to and she'd be able to view wildflowers from a parked car, for instance, you know, along the ridges, along even areas like... Uh, Coyote Creek, you know, valley down by San Jose, you know, going along Highway 101 and just pulling off and, you know, making sure she gets a really good view of those spectacular displays down there. Beautiful. Well, for folks who, who didn't have a pen and paper or who were driving and heard all of this great advice, but it was kind of hard to take in, uh, this show will be posted around midday. Go to kqed.org uh, to, to the forum section and you can find this show and take your notes from there. We've been talking about where and how you can see the waterfalls, wildflowers, and mushrooms that have sprouted up thanks to all the rain this year. Thank goodness it's spring. Again, to get that advice about where those spots are, go to kqed.org and go to forum. This show will be posted around midday. We've been talking to Tracy Salcedo. She's the author of multiple outdoor guides, including Hiking Waterfalls, Northern California, a guide to the region's best waterfall hikes. J.R. Blair, he's an amateur mycologist and a retired lecturer in biology at San Francisco State University. Brad Day is the co-founder of the outdoors website Weekend Sherpa. And Radhika Thekat is the president of the Santa Clara Valley chapter of the California Native Plant Society. Thank you all so much for joining us today and providing such excellent advice. And thank you to our listeners for your comments and your questions. Check out our website again for a list of recommended hikes, or you can listen to the show again. I'm Leslie McClurg. I'm in today for Alexis Madrigal. Stay tuned for another hour of Forum with Mina Kim coming up shortly. Funds for the production of KQED's Forum are provided by the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, the Germanicos Foundation, and the Heising Simons Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set ten years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. 
Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Soul to Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Soul to Story are available now.